0: Welcome to The Kid Is In School, where we talk about whatever we want, since our kid is not here to interrupt us. But we don't have a lot of time before the bell rings, so let's get right into it.
1: You read the weirdest books. Uh, you've got another one. Uh, what is it called? It's.
0: Uh, yeah, I have one question for you. Who moved my cheese?
1: Who moved my cheese?
0: Haven't, have You've heard this title before, right?
1: I I don't know that I have.
0: Okay, I have definitely heard it for years. It's kind of like the concept of Golden Parachute. I always knew it as some of a, like, probably saw it advertised on Good Morning America years ago. So I do find books for free in these lending libraries in our Brooklyn neighborhood. And I'm always intrigued by them, especially if it rings a bell. Like, it makes me think of, oh, I've always heard about this. I want to see what this is about, finally.
1: But it's never like, oh, I've heard of War and Peace. I'll read that. It's a classic. It's <laughs> oh, always. Oh,
0: every now and then I'll bring one like that home, but I just never touch them. Wait. I have like so many classics that, you know why? Because I'll go, oh, this is really deep and I should read this on a day when I have nothing else to think about. And then I go, hey, eh, you can find it at the library. It's a classic. And then I give it away
1: okay so yeah the classics
0: do not last long with me (laughs) it isn't it's it's
1: always not f scott fitzgerald it's It's, dr phil
0: yeah it's self-help books especially you say dr phil but it's also i found one by an exercise guru from the 90s no from the early 2000s i had never heard of her before but she had a whole gym studio named after her i forget her name but it was all about how she discovered pilates in her forties and she wanted to find purpose outside of whatever work she was doing. It was so fascinating to me because it was like a little time capsule of what it was like to be middle-aged in the 2000s.
1: I guess. But first of all, when you say she discovered Pilates, does, do you mean like she learned how to do it or she discovered it like the way that people discover new land in the, she did not invent
0: the technique. No, she didn't discover it that way. She just got hip to it and um, she had always heard about it, but never really tried it. But it, to me, I don't know, I just can't, I don't know if I can explain to you how interesting it is to me when someone finds a hobby and then makes it their career <laughs> <laughs> and then writes a book about it. What's but the- then it's like, but, but in present day, you're like, what was this? I never heard of this. You know what, what comes to mind is I just heard about there was a woman who was trending for a while in the 70s teaching people how to speed read. Do you remember that? And then I saw an old Leno set where he referenced her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really a thing, Evelyn someone.
1: I do not know what you're talking about. Speed reading, I've heard of speed reading, but I don't remember any courses about speed reading. I don't or either. An infomercial about that, no, I don't know.
0: Right, it doesn't serve anyone today, but at the time it was like, it was trendy. I love fads, that's what I love. I love fads, intellectual fads are funny to me.
1: Well, that's that's part of uh, capitalism, is to get a trend and a fad ride that make as much money off capitalize of these things capitalize on yes, it yes capitalize on it and sometimes it's a created demand mm-hmm. so that's kind of what an infomercial is
0: yeah it's, you know i love infomercials yes you do you
1: like i seen on tv <laughs> i products. watch them
0: all the way through top to bottom
1: they are they're there to create a demand that didn't exist before and an interest right. in something that nobody cared about at all
0: i love how i'm almost their target audience because i will sit and watch the whole thing but i just won't pull the trigger on buying it because i don't like to spend money on that kind of stuff so i will watch from the 80s the the woman that makes um uh she 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 used to hawk a lot of george Foreman grill type items so like things that you plug in that sit on your countertop that cook food for you in different ways and one of them in particular was this little griddle grill that forms things into triangles And my grandma used to have it. It Like sandwiches, you mean? I guess so. You could do it with a grilled cheese, but then she would say you could do it with pie crust and apple filling and make your own pies. Or she would say do it with pizza dough and fill it with sauce and cheese. Now you've made pizzas, but it's just a Hot Pocket machine, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) And it would make sandwiches. So my grandma had one in the 80s or 90s, and so now I watch these infomercials, and it's just so fascinating to me. She didn't invent the thing. She just hawks it.
1: Yeah, well, that's what a lot of the infomercial people are. I actually saw a... Uh, there's these uh, casting call type of emails that occasionally I would get, and and people in the business get. So um, I got one that was for QVC host, mm-hmm. and essentially they're just like you have to be energetic, be able to essentially be a salesperson.
0: You're a salesperson, yeah. and you. But that's the beauty of it. You can't you can't possibly believe in the product because it's brand new. You've never heard of it before. You just have to talk about it. I
1: think that's what a really good sales person is, Mm -hmm. is the product is inconsequential to them. Mm -hmm. It's the sale that they're passionate about.
0: It reminds me of like uh, forensics in high school or something or school debate where they'll just say, make an argument for this you know, eraser here or this rock, hold up yeah. this rock and tell us why we need to buy it. And it's just, yeah, it's teaching you how to be a little yeah, salesperson. persuasion. Yes. The
1: art of persuasion, which is probably a book you'll find on the street.
0: Yes. I can't wait. That sounds familiar to me. And now <laughs> I must read it. So anyway, let me tell you about who moved my cheese. Okay. Cause I always thought, first of all, I thought it was about, I think about mice And I think about cheese, and I thought, okay, rat race, maybe it's about uh, corporate America.
1: It's like an improv game of you trying to figure out what the title means before you (laughs) open the book.
0: (laughs) It is. It's a mini challenge to myself. How close was I? So there are mice involved in this, but it's not. It's a parable, not a biblical one, but a modern day parable about um, accepting change. That's the overall thing. So the cheese in this scenario is anything you want out of life. The maze is your actual day to day routine or your commute. And <laughs> the uh, characters involved in the parable, there's four of them. Two are mice and two are quote unquote little people, which I found offensive <laughs> <laughs> because they don't mean, they mean as imaginary people the size of mice. They don't mean the actual term little people. Okay. And, um, <laughs> but whatever, it was made in the 90s. And, um, and it's about how every day these four individuals go to the same cheese and it nourishes them and it fulfills them. But one day, the cheese is just gone. So all four characters, two mice and two people, have to figure out what they're going to do with themselves. (laughs) The two mice re-strategize immediately. They go out and look for new cheese, and they find new cheese right away. The two people, I won't spoil it for you.
1: Well, I can only imagine that somehow the mice are the smart ones. (laughs) The human beings the size of mice (laughs) are dumb and... Have all of the foibles that a human, a a normal size, not the size of a mouse, a three inch man.
0: (laughs) No, um, you're close. They do react differently. The mice choose one thing and the people choose another. But what you need to understand is people are more complex. Their bigger brains get in the way. They start having fear overcome actual like guts, you know, like, oh, what if I'm worried? What if I never find it? Well, then I better stick here and see if the cheese comes back. So it's it's an example of how we can overthink things, how um, it will behoove you in your life to anticipate change. If you start to notice little changes, instead of being so comfortable in your rut or so fearful of leaving your rut, start to look for things. And it makes people reflect on their life. And it, I definitely reflected on mine of like, hmm, when change was hard for me, and it is always, when could I have adjusted you know did I see the signs earlier yes usually there's writing on the wall in any kind of transition because life is always changing
1: uh, I I guess so I mean the first thing I thought about would change is I picture the book being in our house mm-hmm. and it changing by us flinging it out the window yep
0: <laughs> it's a very thin book though. That's the other thing that appealed to me. It's a really short read. I'm actually technically not done with it. I've got like two pages to go, but I felt like I get what it's this is only about. Only twelve pages long. I go, I get this and I close the book and I haven't been back. Yeah. No, I gotta finish those last few pages to see what else I'm missing. But I got the gist. And yeah, but like the author says, it did make me think. But this is the problem with like modern philosophies. Everything makes you think, but does it really serve you? That's up to you to decide. I mean, isn't
1: technically our brain always thinking? regardless I don't of know about yours. whether you're conscious or not <laughs> conscious I, otherwise you're just brain dead like there's no activity happening
0: oh, oh we're being very literal yes, yes your brain is constantly functioning
1: <laughs> yes so is it really necessary to talk have a book about cheese and you know parables about overthinking things
0: well this is my problem with comedian merch at the end of each show a comedian would be smart to sell something that make that endears them to the audience it gives the audience something a nice souvenir to leave with like i get it on principle but when it comes to like okay abby what's your merch gonna be i go i don't know (laughs) who cares about another t-shirt and i don't have a quippy phrase you know so suddenly i start judging anything that could ever be done but
1: who well, there moved is my that cheese concept. is
0: just somebody's idea, and they said, "Well, maybe I'll turn it into a book."
1: There is that concept of uh, there's the overthinking that can happen with perfectionists, where they let perfect or great get in the way of good, like they're not willing to good enough. Well, that's that. I would say that's good enough is an addition. That somebody, that's oh, really? A perfectionist put. I
0: thought you were trying to quote somebody that you've heard before. So your I, own I, phrase is don't I, let, uh, I don't think the quote is the way of I, good.
1: I don't think it's good enough, but maybe it is. I guess I, I can be corrected.
0: Well, we just heard it different ways. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go yeah, on.
1: No, it's, it's fine. Is it because, but I think that's kind of a funny thing that there's a distinction between us where you're like, good enough. Like, and I say, something can be good and it doesn't have to be good enough. Got like, good enough indicates to me there's judgment there
0: oh. that like
1: oh uh, well it's not really good but it's good enough to like exist maybe
0: but- so but i thought if you just leave it at good then a perfectionist can say well it's not good it's crap you know what i mean i thought good enough is is i think a, a qualifier in there so that you can go all right you don't have to it, it's not gonna be the greatest but it's enough just the word enough i guess is so it's not really supposed to be a judgment in my opinion but but I see what you mean
1: yeah well that's I mean maybe it's a different way of uh, looking at this world and maybe I, there are people who need the books like uh, Who Moved My Cheese and there's some people who just want to eat the cheese they I mean, don't some even want to read a book
0: See the word cheese and go you know what you're right book i'm gonna go make a sandwich right now and then they walk away <laughs> i'm gonna from use the book. one of
1: those 90s griddle things <laughs> that makes a triangular hot pocket of cheese
0: you know if you use two layers of book and you put inside uh, <laughs> some <laughs> hot mustard you can make yourself a little and,
1: and book you can't because who moved my cheese is as thin as a single slice of bread
0: it's a very thin book wait i want to say one more thing though about this uh even though you've you've tied it up with a beautiful bow um I am or have been in the past a perfectionist have you ever felt like you were a perfectionist
1: ah but I don't know exactly how we're defining perfectionist because so I'm able to look at something and go oh there's room for improvement
0: Mm -hmm. for sure but do you let that stop you from actually following through on a task
1: Well, no, and I think part of it was because I was, as a kid, I'm just trying to think back. Uh, I was not a perfectionist as a kid in elementary school, Mm -hmm. particularly elementary school, but all the way through high school. Anything where there are assignments Mm -hmm. that have to be handed up to the front of the class whenever homework is due. Mm -hmm. Because I did not want to do the work Mm -hmm. at all. I didn't like homework. I didn't think it was necessary. I would not do it. Mm -hmm. But you you get in trouble if you're not doing your homework. Teachers get upset. You get. Detention right. or lose recess so privileges. You, you put in a minimal grades. effort
0: just to evade those consequences, right?
1: And most of that was on the school bus to school or walking to school. If I if I walked to school, I would get there ahead of time and then try to do it really quick before <laughs> class started. <laughs> or, well, so you
0: and I both procrastinate, but I do it because of perfectionism. What do you do it out of obligation? I guess you're like, oh, I better well, I do I just some expl- version. I of just this.
1: explained it like you get in trouble if you don't do it. So I know, even though I found no value in the homework. Mm-hmm. It's something where if I don't do it, I know what the consequences are, which is a, a failing grade for not turning right. something in. And so even turning something in that got me a C or a B on something, it's not an A, which I'm capable of doing, but I didn't really care. I didn't really care about what the other person's opinion was, the teacher. Opinion of whether I was smart or not.
0: Right. Well, what I like about that is that you're not judging yourself in the process. Because I think that comes with um, the perfectionist thing is like you have to, you know, you're constantly evaluating yourself. And two, you're not really looking for praise or approval from the teacher. You're just looking to... Be for being acceptable. You're looking for good enough. Is I'm, this good enough? Good. I'm, I'm, I'm looking f-
1: to avoid consequences. And avoid
0: consequences. Now, what you just said, you were capable of the A's. Did you get A's at some point, And that's how you knew you were capable of them?
1: Oh, I got A's all throughout. Like sometimes, so tests, I was a very good test taker because I learned the material and I learned it in class. Mm-hmm. That's what, uh, I, homework is kind of a silly thing in general. Like kids don't, re, shouldn't have to have a ton of homework to figure out something you should be able to learn something in class being taught by teachers mm-hmm. and if you don't if you want to like uh, be able to round out your experience maybe dive a little deeper that's where I think homework would come in not just repeating the same thing over. I think
0: homework dates back to keeping kids um, out of trouble so <laughs> it, they would it would either keep them off drugs it would just keep them busy so they weren't picking pockets at bus stations
1: I have no idea <laughs> Uh, This is,
0: you know, Newsies. I'm picturing like the Newsies era boys.
1: (laughs) What are these? The, and only uh, boys. The Bowery Boys type of era we're talking about again? It's
0: Little House on the Prairie. Yes. There, it wasn't enough to just be in the one schoolroom. You have to go home and do more work. You
1: somehow have memories of the 1990s and the 1890s. Yeah,
0: but it's all made up. You do, not, do not trust my judgment. Like, if I ever had to do a period piece, it would be all over the map. They'd be like, what's happening in this? <laughs> yes. A ba- back it to wouldn't you. be perfect. Yeah. Back to you saying homework is bunk. Actually, before you were even saying, and I... and. You also you've opened my eyes to this philosophy because now you and I both have a kid that is getting homework and I never I never fought the man I don't challenge authority you buck authority when it's not necessary (laughs) you you stand up to me when I'm just like asking a preference and you're like oh I'll get to it when I get to it and I'm like all right never mind then I don't think that I know I'm just painting a very cartoonish picture of you because that's (laughs) amusing to me um but anyway so look like, i'm just trying to say that you're very um what do you call it what are you anti um you're nonconformist, and you're also what anti-disestablishmentarianism is that the, the word
1: I, <laughs> I i don't think that's a word not it no, is not,
0: actually a word but i don't think i'm using it right
1: anti-disestablishmentarianism uh, wow i i'm not aware in i third grade, i should have done my done my homework in I,
0: third grade a boy said do you know the longest word in the english language yeah. He said that word to me, and I okay. thought it was super supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and I, I, I fought him on that.
1: Yeah, well, uh, that's I forgot about supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, speak. but then Dick Van Dyke was on uh, the mass Singer. No spoilers, please. Oh, it's not look, a spoiler. It's well, it, you would have seen it on Twitter by this <laughs> time if you're on Twitter still.
0: I loved seeing Dick Van Dyke. Did you like seeing him there?
1: It was it's cool because I. I like the idea of being able to do what you're passionate about until you no longer roam this earth. And so he's 97. Mm -hmm. He's still able to go out and perform, Mm -hmm. uh, go out and put on a show. I mean, obviously, he's moving slower than he would have at any point in his life because he's 97. Mm -hmm. But it's cool to see that. And also, that puts in perspective, he's 97 now. So when he was doing television shows in the 90s, uh, he was almost 70 at that point yeah I don't know what's cooler
0: to keep doing it until you croak or to be like Sean Connery and oh there's one more person that comes to mind Uh, Sean Connery and who else retired early oh Cary Grant and saying you know what if I can't do it the way I like to do it I'm not doing it anymore and then they just did something else with the rest of their lives
1: yeah I I wonder when Cary Grant uh, when he retired because people just looked older back in the 50s and 60s, like they dressed, They were
0: smoking cigarettes. They are
1: smoking cigarettes. Well, he didn't like- <laughs> They even, were drinking
0: highballs at yes.
1: noon. Well, he didn't even just look like craggly old. It just, the way that uh, men would dress in that era was suit, tie, very groomed hair, brill yeah. cream- brill and, cream. And very clean shaven. And so by the time they are but they looked at like that when they were 25.
0: They were just ready for their funeral at any time. Yeah. They were like, so, you know what? The mortician doesn't have to do much with me. I'm pretty much set.
1: Right. It's kind of like Mad Men, you know, where we see he's of, he's of that era. So he would be uh, the Don Draper character would probably be somewhere around Cary Grant's age. And oh. so then seeing like the hippie kids and him interact with them, it's like he yeah. can't quite wrap his mind around...
0: Why be, would you let your hair get shaggy? Yes. Why would you and,
1: look like this and right. that? So, but they wouldn't have been old, like Cary Grant in, and let's see, North by Northwest, which came out in maybe the '54 or something like that.
0: Oh, really? Maybe. I thought it was the '60s.
1: I well, maybe, maybe I, I Alfred Hitchcock's, but but Psycho was 1960, I think. So okay. I would I would guess mid 50s but it could have been up in the 60s but i don't think it was after psycho
0: it's in color and psycho's in black and white
1: on purpose okay like it was a okay it was a choice <laughs>
0: here we go again with the mighty mouth yes <laughs> when i don't know that black and white is optional yes i think <laughs> it's mandatory
1: i know when did you think schindler's List was made
0: <laughs> by the way our daughter when she was like this is old this is from the 80s it's it's when everything was black and white and i go you know like we could all see in color back when I was a kid, right? It wasn't just because you've seen this television. And she, she wasn't sure. She's only five, guys. But still, she wasn't sure that that people couldn't just all see in black and white until d- a certain time. I'm not
1: even sure why she would think the 80s in black and white because nothing was in black and white in the 80s.
0: No, it wasn't. But 80s seems ancient to her.
1: So just... Me old, being
0: a kid is like dinosaur times, prehistoric. Just
1: old, era. old. She associates black and white and old and yeah. those things are synonymous.
0: Yeah, which you did too as a child, I'm sure. You've just forgotten about that.
1: I don't know. I, I mean... It's kid logic. I. The thing is about black and white films is they don't seem of an era to me. They seem separate. They seem outside of that. So watching uh, The Maltese Falcon, mm-hmm. if you said, what year does this take place in? Mm-hmm. Or Casablanca? I don't know. I mean, I know the storyline. And so I know... When they would be taking place, but hmm. I'm uh, frowning at you. Yes, hmm. the Maltese Falcon and <laughs> Chinatown are probably like basically the same year.
0: You mean there's? Do you mean they take place? Take
1: in place the in the same year? year. They're not filmed in the same year. They're right. They're filmed thirty years apart. Right, right, right.
0: Okay, so you don't and, have. And a, so
1: would L.A. uh Confidential. Right. Like they're all of that same place era. in the
0: same era, but also filmed in different. Style. Yeah, for me, it's all about style. So for For example, Metropolis is black and white. It's also a silent film. It looks ancient to me because nobody's (laughs) talking. It also looks very foreign. Is it a German film?
1: Uh, Metropolis might be a German film, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. So when you're talking about LA Confidential and Chinatown and Maltese Falcon, to me, they all have very distinct styles. So I don't get confused about when they're supposed to take place. You got to look at the hat. If the hats are all the same, then you know
1: it's supposed to be. (laughs) Well, I know that it's of the 40s, but, you know, watching like watching L.A. Confidential mm-hmm. and also watching Double Indemnity, mm-hmm. like do those, those, they're the same time period, but I don't think, like I wouldn't think that is the same year these things are taking place. They just, they are have distinctive styles, but the black and white films seem outside of time to me. Interesting. They seem.
0: I didn't know this about you, so yeah. I have to chew on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before I can agree with it. But I think that's cool that it's outside of time for you. It, it reminds me of something that bothers me, which is if hair and makeup and wardrobe don't get on board with the era. So for example, and and it's just very anachronistic. If they can't all be in the same time period, it takes me out of it. So Dirty Dancing is a great film, but it was made in the 80s and it looks made in the 80s because everybody's haircut is in the 80s. <laughs> now the clothing is in the 60s and that bothered me but you know what i don't want to get into any beef with the a, a 70 year old uh hair and makeup person that i'm model- I'm gonna work with them i'm sure at some point
1: <laughs> they the uh they also
0: th- listen to my podcast
1: i know <laughs> what, what's the dancing <laughs> movie so with uh, kevin bacon footloose footloose okay now does that take place just in a small town in the 80s or is it taking place in the 50s no idea. I don't know. That's exactly
0: my point. His haircut is
1: definitely <laughs> 80s. but his pants, his pants are 50s. Yes, I don't know.
0: It's confusing.
1: And I, some of these movies too, like I haven't seen them in such a long time that I don't know. Like I, I can't I can't remember enough about them. So maybe if I saw them now, I'd go, oh, okay, this yeah, feels Yeah, very- and I think
0: if you work in wardrobe, you know when somebody was, you know in the 80s, 60s clothes were making a comeback. So it was like we had capri pants, but you know, like you probably know more about What you're talking about? Well, yeah, and why that is? I
1: guess if you make you're making a film today, if you made it about teenagers today, there would be some stylistic choices that look very much like the early two thousands, two thousands, or some nineties,
0: nineties, eighties too. Yeah, like for real. And the I think in the twenty tens and the twenty twenties, it anything goes. Like retro thrift shops have everything.
1: (laughs) And I don't know if I've mentioned this before. But I still, I really dislike some of the pant choices in today's uh, youth. The What are they doing wrong? Uh, there's the it's kind of the baggy, but high water. A lot of high water right now. High
0: water plus baggy? Like yeah. wide leg and it's exposing ankles? Yes. Okay, And a lot of times it, it looks like
1: it's just been cut off by scissors. Oh, so wow. So it's a little frayed jean. Meet you know, the
0: Flintstones. Yes.
1: <laughs> I don't like it.
0: I, I'll be yeah. the old
1: man on uh, get-off-my-lawn moment with those. Get those pants off my lawn.
0: It's weird. When you see something enough, maybe it starts to seem cool, but you're really not supposed to know what cool is anymore. Like, you're... You know, you everybody has their own sense of style and, and aesthetic, but... I'm
1: Cary Grant looking at the hippies yeah. with that. <laughs> I'm like, why would anyone ever do that? You should wear skinny jeans.
0: Anyway, if I, were, if I worked for BuzzFeed, I would make an article about which movies that were period pieces got the wardrobe matched with the hair and which ones are stuck in the year that they were actually made.
1: Yeah, I guess you...
0: It'd be a good one, wouldn't it? That'd be a good article.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's not any worse than the ones that already exist. So, (laughs) it's good enough.
0: That feels like a burn on me (laughs) and BuzzFeed.
1: (laughs) That is one time where I could say that's good enough.
0: (laughs) I want to talk about, speaking of children's clothing, um, my problem with buying clothes for our kid. And this is something I heard about ahead of time before I even became a parent is that kids grow out of clothes quickly. Here's the problem. They cost money. If kids clothes were free, and then they grew out of them, you'd be like, Oh, well, that doesn't fit anymore. Get rid of it. But because you don't want to have to spend another $20 on shoes, you're like cramming their foot in going, is it really that uncomfortable? (laughs)
1: You do sound like you're from like the 1800s here, where you're like, another $20 on shoes. That's a fortune. That's outrageous.
0: It's outrageous. Okay, ladies so and gentlemen. Are, these are
1: clearly not Baby Jordans that we're talking about. N-
0: no, I prefer to pay. You know, if you go into TJ Maxx, which is considered, I don't know, a reasonably priced store, new shoes by Vans or Skechers, are going to be nineteen ninety nine, And that's considered a discount because at Foot Locker, they'd be probably thirty nine ninety nine or something. But either way, both of those are too much to pay. Don't you want to pay five bucks for kids' shoes?
1: I don't know. They're well, the
0: size. They're so small.
1: They, I feel like we've got, at least our daughter has, a wide range of shoes. Some that we've found in the neighborhood, some that are given to us by family members or friends. Yes. And then the ones that we have bought. Right. And... Certainly there are some that, I don't know where we've bought them, Target or something like that. It's little slip-on Vans looking shoes. They're not Vans, but they're... Yeah, canvas shoes that you slip on. And those don't last very long. She ends up getting toe worn out, the the rubber underneath is worn through. Yes. It's very quickly. Then there's like, somebody gave us some Jordans Mm -hmm. and those never wore out in fact so much so that i was like oh she outgrew these already and they look brand
0: new i know what are we supposed to do
1: oh i don't want to get rid of these
0: because you like to beat your shoes to heck and so so do kids kids like she will hop like a frog Mm -hmm. you know scurry like a bunny and and just do everything with her feet in the span of one city block yeah so she's just like tap dancing and then cartwheels you know and then uh and me, I'm just walking regularly. I took 27 steps total. My shoes will last another five years, but hers are done by the end of the trip.
1: No, she does that thing which uh, all kids seem to do, which is if she's riding the scooter, uh, she'll drag the toe of the <laughs> as other as brakes? as the foot. Yeah, like And so, and I know I did that when I had a scooter when I was a kid. Just dragging my foot. You
0: still do something. I don't know why you go through shoes so fast. That what is your deal with you shoes?
1: Are, well, this is, I didn't want to correct you, but you are absolutely incorrect with your assessment of my shoe stuff. Explain. Is, first of all, it's New York City. So you walk a lot more than you do everywhere else in the country. So you're wearing through shoes more like that. But I also have 10 different pairs of sneakers that I will wear and cycle through. And you don't realize when i bought these so you're like i can't believe you went through this shoe already and it's like i bought those three years ago and i've wore those are my everyday walking around shoes. but
0: my shoes last five years and look brand new i should have been a cat burglar because i have i don't know i walk very gently in this town like the my shoes just don't get torn up and i, I put them toilet. in the washing machine which you don't you refuse to wash yours
1: no you gotta hand wash shoes nice shoes
0: well either way I, we, I keep my shoes clean and you just wear them until they're done I don't see you taking care of your shoes
1: that is incredible. one
0: time you, you've cleaned my shoes for me I caught you cleaning my shoes but I never
1: no I have the shoe eraser I do that <laughs> like you are looking at the everyday walk around shoes you're not looking at the performance shoes if you go out and look at those those are in nice condition very good they've well maintained right. and I've had them for quite a while
0: and you know what you surprise me because you wear them to the venue when I have my quote unquote performance shoes those are audition shoes i only bust them out for the audition so even if i'm going into the city they'll be in a backpack then i pop them on for the audition then i put them back in my backpack
1: now i'm not all about carrying more stuff i've already got enough stuff to carry around. right interesting yeah so
0: <laughs> back to kid clothes
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah somehow this became about my shoes i'm fascinated which you were, by you you were incorrect about uh but- well yeah
0: my idea of you i guess is different from your idea of you but
1: well, because I have 100% of the information and you have only what you observe when it sticks out to you.
0: Well, here's what I'll say about you and your daughter. You only have two feet on your body, so you only need one pair of shoes per person. That, I don't know why you have more than one pair of shoes. That
1: is incorrect. That is so... You have to have the shoes that match the outfit if they're performance shoes, but also if they're just walk-around shoes, those wear out quickly. So I, I have different shoes for different types of activity too. I have basketball shoes that I only wear on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. I have uh, power lifting shoes I only do when I'm heavy lifting at the gym. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, running shoes. <laughs> you got
0: your thinking shoes for when yes. you need to <laughs> sit and have a think.
1: I'm always thinking, so every pair of shoes is a thinking shoe. <laughs>
0: you so there's got your sloppy Joe eating shoes for when you want to have a sloppy Joe.
1: Yeah. Same way you wouldn't go to a construction site you're like with me open with, toe samples.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I get it. But you're like me with lotions. I've got a, a skincare cream for every part of my body down to the cuticles. I have a cuticle <laughs> cream and you're just like, what is the point?
1: Yes. that Well, that's because and none of that, that makes sense. Shoes. What I do makes sense.
0: Mm, well, but, And I'm
1: not even like one of those shoe guys. Like I don't collect shoes and keep them in boxes and resell them and make them an investment i just have shoes that i like
0: you think yeah i know this about you you think of yourself as somebody who uses the shoes you own and that you don't own too many because you're not one of those weird guys that keeps them in boxes but i'm the same way with nail polish i have thousands of bottles of nail polish that i use but you would say it's excessive that's too much
1: Mm -mm. no we're just not going to see eye to eye on this (laughs) one you're incorrect about your assessment but
0: I think i've given somebody a heart attack at home uh it's not thousands like five thousand it's more like twenty
1: five hundred of nail Just polish you know. yes that's a lot of nail polish
0: it fits nicely into two metal cabinets and 20 shoe boxes in my yes. closet
1: it yeah it, by the way it's not two metal cabinets that's four. Oh two. yeah there are
0: four filing cabinets from <laughs> ikea if you wanted to picture it everybody Yeah, because
1: they're each stacked on top of each other so
0: yeah i hoard but in a very secret private way (laughs) in a way that doesn't disrupt my lifestyle yes
1: that you only talk about in public on stage and on a podcast very private
0: Um, you said you have to match your shoes to your clothes i cannot match our kids clothes to save my life and this is another gripe i have about kids clothes like target will give you a cute little watermelon t-shirt and a watermelon pair of pants but if you try to match that with anything else you have your outer space pants, for example. Your Mickey Mouse pants. It's not going to work. And I hate that about kids' clothes.
1: Yeah, I don't, Make them
0: coordinate, I don't. people.
1: I think that you just got to go uh, with color. You just go based on color. So then you can match it a little bit easier. Rather than it has to be... If it's space pants, then it has to have an alien on the shirt. Nah, I don't care about that.
0: You're very good at that. I will give you props because... I don't know how you make her wardrobe work, but every time you go in there, you pull out two things that match. Every time I go in there, it's like, she looks like Punky Brewster. I can't make (laughs) anything match at all. It's neons with pastels. It's, you know, fall colors with summer hot. I'm like, what the heck is going on? You
1: gotta go conceptual where it's, it is something like space pants, alien shirt, or you gotta go color based. Mm -hmm. And it's like the space pants go great with the Mickey mouse because they like
0: both that. have teal in them yes yeah so i know you you're good at that but i even told her to dress herself because I, I didn't want to think about it and she came out <laughs> with <laughs> heart pants and i was like great good choice of pants and then a shirt with a planet on it but it's a nightgown and i was like oh it's fun but it's a nightgown and she was like but patterns so i'm like i don't know do you have my gifts or do you have his gifts i can't tell
1: it sounds like she's got the the worst of both <laughs> she did <yeah. laughs>
0: She she gives up. She's like, I can't please any of you people.
1: I know, but I mean, I don't know what you expect when you tell a five year old to go in and dress herself.
0: I know she's about comfort, which I respect. Um, and and this is the other thing: if you get Mickey Mouse on it, now we just are shills for Disneyland. That's the problem. Like, can we buy something that doesn't have a logo on it? That's marketing. You know what I mean? Uh,
1: then you end it's up so lo- annoying. You end up looking like the plainest kid ever. It's just a <laughs> basic house
0: on the prairie,
1: basic white t shirt. You look like what uh, every rapper in the year 2000 was like. Just a basic white t-shirt and jeans. I love jeans.
0: it. She's Master P.
1: A black hat with no logo on it, just She's a complete swinging a t-shirt hat.
0: around her head. Whip it like a helicopter. Who sang that song? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> come on. That had to be someone from No Limit Productions. Whip it like a helicopter? No, you know, swing your, head, your t-shirt around <laughs> your head. Whip it like a helicopter. No, Carolina, come on and raise up. Uh, take that, your shirt off. That's what it is. Take your shirt off and swing it around your head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope that's the exact lyrics too. Like, this is different like,
0: from in St. Louis where it's getting hot in her and you get, gotta take off all your clothes.
1: Okay. He's from St. Louis? I thought it was... Nellie was from the... Yeah. Okay. The loop. Uh,
0: this Welcome to a, a white man and a black and white woman <laughs> trying to remember <laughs> black culture all the way through and just skimming that surface yeah. it's deep it's deep in me and it's uh and it and it's like i have to really work hard to get it out
1: yeah, i look But it's you, in there You already know that i don't like to do deep dive homework on stuff i like to just enjoy the moment
0: That's what that's what coordinating kids clothes is to me it's too much homework i'll see it on instagram and go oh you have a beautiful Burgundy headband on this baby and a burgundy sweatshirt and burgundy sweatpants and they've got a beautiful gold pattern and I'm like that is so coordinated and cute and then I go home and and look for that in my closet and it's it's a mustard stain t shirt with Spongebob on it and a pair of leggings from Old Navy with holes in the knees. So, I don't know. I don't know what parents are doing that I'm not figuring out.
1: I, well, first of all, they probably fold the laundry. Right? <laughs> and don't just pull it out of the laundry basket.
0: <laughs> He's sitting on top of laundry I refuse to fold at this moment. You are sitting right next to my pile of laundry. Ooh, I'm so mad at you. But uh, you're, look, you're so right.
1: No, I know. And that, that pile there was what you were going to do while we watched uh, Wakanda Forever. That's a two-and-a-half-hour movie, and we, didn't, we got through one pair of underwear being folded that's
0: that's how good the movie was though i couldn't fold while i watched it it was just so good
1: (laughs) you also do that with shows that aren't any good though too you're like well you know matlock i do
0: there's no there's no denying it tv is not good for me to micromanage or what is it called multitask Multitask, i can't multitask with tv on i can't do anything about chatter (laughs) yeah you wish I'd be quiet during TV.
1: I know it's I wish that that was not the multitasking you did was talking and watching. Instead you could fold, be quiet and enjoy the show.
0: Well, one thing we're both diligent with is helping our kid do her homework. You know, be that as it may. I wish she didn't have homework.
1: I know we need to find a school with no homework.
0: Who is th- we need to start a school with no homework? This yeah. is why people homeschool. You think it's uh, to protect them from, <laughs> but then we got to do all the <laughs> actual homework. knowledge, but really it's just to um, e- make your life easier.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think homeschooling would do that. Then you are doing the homework. The kid's not doing the homework, the parent is doing all the homework to teach them.
0: Yeah, it's tough because she and I, I tried to do our homework with her, and it's just actually extracurricular homework, this particular assignment, but I didn't know that. I thought it was the real deal. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to help her get it done. And I missed the whole point of like, do it or don't do it. So anyway, here's the assignment. It said, make a booklet. And I'm like, great, arts and crafts, I can do that. And it said, create a book that shows greater than, less than. And uh, it's called, guess my number. So they that, that's all they said. They said, guess my number, greater than, less than. And they gave an example that said four, and then a greater than sign, and then one. So. I don't know what number is greater than 4 and less than 1. I don't know. Anyway, the way I interpreted it was
1: there's no number greater than 4 and less than okay, 1. Okay, then the way. flip it. Less <laughs> than 4 and greater
0: than 1 is 3, mm-hmm. right? 2. Oh crap. Here we go. <laughs> I thought I was explaining this simply. So, that's the thing. I overcomplicated her homework and we made the booklet together, but what we decided was each page would have a equation like Five and then a greater than or less than symbol and then another number like two. And you had to guess which number she was thinking of. So if it's less than five and more than two, it could be three, it could be four. And then she put the answers on the back. And you took a look at that because we weren't finished yet. And you go, what is this? This is all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're just supposed to come up with one number. Why are you giving options? And she and I both go, because it's more interesting that way.
1: Yes, which makes no sense in a math homework like booklet it doesn't you can't just have options there aren't options you can't just pick your own answer (laughs) to math i mean there are that's the thing there's so the way you were doing it was it's unsolvable because it becomes a guessing game so Mm -hmm. for example yeah, what, a game. What's greater than one, but less than 100? Yeah. And you go, well, you got 98 numbers that that could be.
0: Right. So Guess my number. Is your number 86? No, you guessed wrong. But you lose.
1: You're, <laughs> there's a way that you do that. You go, guess a number between one and 100. Mm-hmm. That's how you do that. You don't go find the answer with this equation. So... uh
0: so because it's an equation, you sought an answer and you said, Abby, think about this like you're an actual kindergarten teacher and you just want to teach the basics of greater than, less than. Just give her one number as yeah, the answer. Yeah, because you can't
1: do like, what's one plus two plus another number equals some other number. <laughs> it's like, well... That's I, fun. I don't, That's a riddle.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: then it's like, well, you could, there's an infinite number of answers to that.
0: So yeah. I approached this as with a creative art brain and you approached it with a rational, I don't know, math brain or something. And I just thought it was funny that I deferred to her because she and I were trying to figure it out. And I was like, what is this supposed to mean? she goes, maybe they just have to guess my number and they could be right or wrong. And I was like, that's a great idea. And we yeah. went with it. And then you came in here and you were like, no, the child is not in charge. Let me show you no. both how it's done. The
1: child doesn't teach the parent how to do something <laughs> she doesn't know how to do in the first place.
0: <laughs> Look, if we were in the Goonies, I would be the adult that lets the kid figure out the riddle. Okay. And I would get the treasure.
1: No, that's... <laughs>
0: Or am I sloth in this scenario? I can't tell. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going to need the I'm going to need the people to weigh in on this. If if my way was acceptable, uh, I
1: know. Go to social media. We'll we'll put a little poll up on Twitter or something like that. Yes, then.
0: I want you to side with me, but I, I respect your decision either way. If you get that there was a right or wrong, and Luke's way was the right, but I felt like it was super open ended. This is guess the, my number. This
1: is the one case where good enough was not good enough. <laughs> You actually do have to be perfect on this.
0: (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. If you had a great time, let us know on social. Follow Kid Is In School on Twitter and The Kid Is In School on Instagram. Subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Be sure to throw us one of those five-star ratings and share with your friends. Oh, and do it quickly before the kid gets home.